What's going on? It's your Council Poly Rob, and right now you are tuned in and locked in with the Born Leaders Podcast. Stop playing with us. Let's Work go. Let's go. Work Welcome everybody to the Born Leaders Podcast. Your boy Levante Smith. Happy New Year, y'all. This your girl, the one and only Jamie B. We got a special guest today. You already know, Council Poly Rob, workload, local astronauts. Let's get to it. Okay. Who who is Poly Rob? Ooh. Uh the short version or the long version? We got all day. It's up to you. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. You know, you know, I I really believe in like I believe in an in the alter ego like mm-hmm. concept. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like I, I feel like everyone has you know, whatever their real name is, who they are as a person, mm-hmm. as a human being. Yeah. And then we got, you know, the person that you put on, you know, whether it's for your career, mm-hmm. whether it's to uh, show a side of you that you're most comfortable with, okay. for the public, whatever. So, Polly Rob is pretty much like the, uh, the advanced social version of myself. Okay. You know what I mean? Like... You know, well, first, first off, I got the name from um, my uncle and my mom. Okay. When I was young, my mom used to always like, she used to always be like, "You talk too much. You talk too much. You always talk, <laughs> talk, 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 talk." Just like, just like uh, uh, CNN and C-SPAN. Just like politics. You just talk like politics <laughs> all day, twenty-four hours. And my uncle, you know, he was there because it's Sunday dinner, and this is like the late part of Sunday dinner, mm-hmm. and he laughed and he, cause he watches CNN and C-SPAN. Uh, and he laughing and just he kept saying politics, politics, poly, <laughs> and he would just call me politics. I like called me poly, and then okay. the name just it just stuck. When I got into the point where I wanted to do music, I was like, "What's a dope name?" And I, you know that was one of the names that popped up, and it just stuck with me. But it's it's really the, the advanced social version. Like it's the the energy, the okay. willingness to do a lot of work. You know, uh, the willingness to want to be great in every aspect you know what i mean so who's kendrick then uh he's the he's a he's a straight human being he's definitely like a human being like he loves people he loves good energy he loves he's really a homebody he's really a family person okay he's really a friend person he's the one that that's really he would rather be reserved he would rather do movie night or game night instead of going to the club or going to a banquet or going to a mansion party shit like that you know what i'm saying like i like chilling you know what i'm saying i like that's why i still you know i do sunday dinner still to this day that's why i have no problem having friends over with a bar full of liquor you know what i mean like that's my type of shit you're you're a family you're very family oriented most definitely And, and i really believe that you know, family is who you make family. Not it's not about blood. It's not about you can make your own family. Make your own family. I, I've made my own family. Yes, make, yes. Make your community. Make your community. I say you know village. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. God, exactly. Yes. It definitely takes a village. You know, mm-hmm. from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For sure. For sure. You were born in New York. Uh, yeah. What part of New York? No, no. Take that back. So let's let's go through the whole thing. All okay. right. So I was originally born in L.A. Okay. I was born Cadillac Kaiser. Oh, so okay. Right? Okay. Okay, so, you know, my, my parents was out here. But after I was born, uh, we ended up moving to New York. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So my first, like, my times of really, like, 
being whoever I was as a kid was mm-hmm. in New York. And really, like, my whole life, I've bounced back and forth okay. between New York and L.A., you know what I mean? So my soul is embedded in, in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, Inglewood embraced me. You know what I'm saying? And it would embrace me and okay. show me a whole nother world. It's like half of me is like this energetic, like, get up, get to it, five in the morning, let's go, being on East Coast time. And another side of me is like, chill, wear flip-flops, you know, <laughs> relax, wear shorts, you know, and, 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 and let things come to you. You know what I mean? Okay. So just a mixture of that, I was able to really, like, embrace both sides and, you know, have a good life doing it. Even though I, I wish I, I wish I would have definitely had like a place where it's like, no, nah, I've, I've been here for 20, 30 years. You know what I'm saying? You know, right. a lot of people got those stories. For me, it was a lot of moving around due to, you know, divorce circumstances yeah. with my parents, due to just not having enough money to, to, to keep an apartment and, you know, getting kicked out and all of that type of stuff. You know, I've been nomadic in a sense. You so know? how were you when you came back to LA? Uh, so it was, first came back when I was, uh, I was, I would say 13 and then I was from 13 until high school, graduated high school, graduated at Inglewood High, then went back to New York with oh, college sweet. out there in New York, did my thing, worked with the college and then I came back here, you okay. know what I mean? And then I, I think I've been here ever since. Okay. Yeah. So well, you you're like half breed, like mm-hmm. New York yes. or Brooklyn yes. in mm-hmm. L.A. Yes. I'm from L.A. Mm-hmm. Help me out. What is a bodega? Come on, man. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, okay. Okay. Question. So so. What's a bodega? The, the e- I don't even know if I'm saying it right. The easiest way to put it is it's an it's an advanced corner store. So let's take let's take. Uh, one of your corner stores, okay. like in Compton or whatever, mm-hmm. they would have the, you know, they would have a little bit of alcohol, beer, whatnot. They had the chips. They have, you know, all the little different things. But then my bodega would advance and, and say, like, oh, we got a spot for, for the deli to make your sandwiches. Out here in L.A., Ralph's got a deli. Mm-hmm. You could go to an actual, like, Mike's Deli or whatnot, mm-hmm. but you don't have a deli. Right there in the liquor store. 98 percent Pedro. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got that. 98 percent okay. Pedro, Rob. So I'm gonna take you. So that, and then they got you know household appliances that a discount store would have. So the things that you would see in a 99 cent store, mm-hmm. a lot of the essentials, mainly for the kitchen, mainly for like cleaning products, you would have that in there. And then really the realest answer. This is the realest answer. Okay. It's a bodega because of the culture. It's the cold, the, like, I don't think people understand that enough. Like, when you say bodega, that means you going to see somebody who watched you grow up, who watched your kids grow up. Okay. We talk his shit. He know exactly how you like your sandwich. He already know what you're finna, finna go get. And bodegas protect their community at the same time. So it's a little bit more than just it's a place where you go buy yeah. places. Like, how many times do you go to a store? You will be lucky if somebody know your face out here in L.A. when you go to a certain store, no matter how many times you go. But I'm telling you, when you go to New York and you go to a bodega, it's like, yo, go there three times, they know you They know you forever. <laughs> three times. They know you forever. They know how you want your sandwich. They know how you want everything. You know what I'm saying? So so that's the, 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 the long version of what a bodega is. It's more about the culture mm-hmm. than anything. You okay. know what I'm saying? Well, 
I'm a tourist from I'm from here, going mm-hmm. to New York. Name three places you suggest for me to go. One will be, of course, uh, a mall. Uh, no. No. Okay. Oh, well, you name three no. places. You name three places. Don't look, listen. Mall is cool. Look, you you go to the mall anywhere you go. That's not it, man. Okay, That's tell a, me. You want to go first off? Go to downtown Brooklyn mm-hmm. because they got all of the like. It's like. It's like the Santee Alley. Oh, okay, boom. But oh, I'm real shit, though. Oh, real shit. <laughs> real shit, me. Hell no. Oh, that actually came on me. Real kicks. Yo, real sneakers. Real shit. Like, oh, okay, man. so if there's a point in time, like, you know, uh, downtown Brooklyn, Knickerbocker, like, they would have, you know, a lot of fake shit then. Mm-hmm. But it's so, it's so advanced now. Like, no, they got real shit. Oh. They got real shit. That, like, it, it, it's, it's almost like... You know, like a lot of shoe stores, you know, years ago in L.A., yeah. a lot of shoe stores, they would have, like, the basic Nikes, the basic Pumas yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, because the East Bays and, and, like, places like that that you yeah. would get online, yeah. they had the advanced shit. Mm-hmm. But now it's like those stores now got the advanced things, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing, like, downtown Brooklyn, like, you know, it's advanced shit. Niggas get, go out there, I bet you when you buy something, you come back out here, niggas going to be like, where you get that? <laughs> Including L.A. shit. Oh, shit. Including L.A. hats. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, you go out there, it's L.A. hats. It's, it's all type of different shit, but they just flip it a different way. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So definitely go there. Okay. Um, um, you got to hit a pizzeria, y'all. You got to hit a pizzeria ask you about just that. for the culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because let me be clear, and I, and all my New York people, like, don't be mad at me, but this is the fucking truth. Okay, let's go. the talk. truth. Okay. New York, out of all the places in America, New York does not have the best pizza. I was getting to that. They don't. The that. Um, thank you. They, they have the best pizza culture. Mm. Okay. The culture of getting a slice is everything. Yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. Get out the club. Go get a slice. Early in the morning. Go get a slice. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The best oh, shit. Prices, everything. Chicago actually has the best pizza. Okay. Chicago got the best pizza. Okay. On all levels. But I will still always choose a New York slice over a Chicago slice. I'm sorry. Because the culture is everything. Yeah. Are you just biased? Huh? Are you just biased? It's not biased. <laughs> Listen, you got, you got to understand something. There's some places, like, first off, why do we go to McDonald's? Fries. Right, but we don't go to McDonald's for good food. We go to because McDonald's for convenience yeah. yes. and for just the just the culture of the shit. Mm-hmm. We love when our kids smile when they see that fucking white and yellow box. Mm-hmm. We like that as culture. So for New York, it's like when you go get a slice, that shit is culture. You want for the Italian cat behind the counter to talk shit. Yeah. You want him to tell you to hurry up when you want. <laughs> That's the culture. You want to be able to be like, man, fuck you too. Man. Give me my slice, man. You know what I'm saying? I hear your accent. Crazy. I, like, I, like that's that's the best part about it. So it's like you get those moments. Same thing like a Jamaican restaurant. Mm-hmm. If you go into a Jamaican restaurant and you want them to be nice to you, you really don't want this food. Yeah. Their job is to be mean. Yeah, they rude. When you order jerk chicken, you got to order that shit aggressively. <laughs> you can't order that shit nice. 
Even the chicken aggressive, the, the spice level is to the roof. You know what I'm saying? So, the, so that's why I go to different spots. I go there for the culture. So, pizza spot for sure. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And uh, last thing, this is gonna be weird, but um, either go to like a juice spot, like an organic juice spot. Okay. Or just go to somebody brownstone and just sit on the stoop and talk, man. Just go sit on the stupid. It's the best thing that nobody talks about mm-hmm. in New York. It's just just go on a block, go talk to the people, and just have a conversation. That's that's my best moments. Me being in New York, that's my best moments oh. is being able to just sit up all night and just sit on the stoop and just talk for hours. You don't even know why you're still mm-hmm. out here talking. You just doing that. Like that's the best shit ever. Wow. It's the best shit ever. Well, since you're from both, what's the best thing about New York? No, well, what's better in New York that's that's not in LA? Like, vice versa. I, I wouldn't say better because it's a different it's a different vibe. I will say LA we better. <laughs> <laughs> LA be killing everybody. Sorry, you know, Cali be killing everybody. The rent is the same. Yeah, nothing you do, huh? The rent is the same, basically. Yeah, uh, but but you would rather pay. It, just in my opinion, you would rather pay high ass rent out here because you know, at least your square footage will kind of match, kind of. Because an apartment out here, mm-hmm. let's say it's eighteen hundred, right? Okay. The square footage of it, let's say you get like eight hundred and fifty square feet or something like that, mm-hmm. collectively between everything. Okay. You gonna pay two thousand or twenty two hundred for five hundred square feet in New York? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, it, and, then, and then and then the mean? actual. Man, listen, the actual amenities ain't shit in New York. Like, the the, the sink, you ever seen a sink from me? Type that shit in Google right now. <laughs> Type in a New York apartment right you now. You see it. Let's go. <laughs> and look at it and, and tell me if you would want to live there. You know what I'm saying? I want to see it. Like, we got to see it. You know, like, I mean, it's, it's real. But it's just, like I said, the, the culture of New York is, is, is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I have a question for you. Are you a... I know you're an engineer. Are you a producer as well? Yes. Yes. Which one do you prefer? Um, uh, I, I would say production. Only because the engineer process is a little lonely. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like like when I when I when I engineer, I'm in my mm-hmm. I'm in my thing. You know what I'm saying? What I'm doing. And you know, we've that means we've gone past the pro the process of the production and laying things down and getting everything together. So now it's on me or it's on me and whoever I'm working with on engineering phases to get the, to sonically get the music where it need to be. Okay. It's the most fun for me, engineering, but mm-hmm. it's not the best for me. I think production is the best. For so me. when you engineer, is Kendrick engineering? Because I think when you produce Polly is there. Polly is definitely there. I'll be having a ball. I feel I'll be Polly is ball. lit. I'll be having a ball. But, yeah, yeah. There's a part of. No, I think Polly is there with engineering too. But there's a little bit of of, of being human in both elements. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, like when I engineer, and I'm glad you said that because when I engineer, I think about how me as just a consumer would want to listen to the project, mm, okay. not just trying to make it sound like it's banging. Mm-hmm. Like that's cool, but I want the person who in a Volvo or in a uh, fucking '93 Accord yeah. to turn that shit up and it feel like it's 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 amazing. Yeah. I want him to have the same amount of fun 
as somebody in a Hummer with fucking 12s. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So uh, there's a human element to that. And then production, same thing, because anybody knows me, like, I ultimately want who I'm working with to feel ultimately comfortable. Mm. I want them to feel comfortable to do whatever, including fuck up. Yeah. I want them to be comfortable enough to fuck up, like, because people think that, you know, it's a it's a fashion show or it's a it, it's a uh, who's the best show when you get in the studio. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's an appetite to make uh, good records, but not great records. I think when you go in there knowing that you can fuck up, mm-hmm. you actually. You're more open to do wild shit. You know how it is? Yo, when you at home and your mom and your dad be like, you jump on the bed, I'm going to whoop your ass? you like, oh, man, fuck it. That little roundhouse I was going to do when I jumped on the bed, I can't even do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I But you. then, on the weekend, you go to your auntie or your grandma house, uh, and they let you jump all over the bed. That's when you learn how to do the roundhouse. That's when you know how to do the double suplex, the DDT. You know how to do all that shit because you know you can jump on the bed freely and have a good time. So that's that make you like do things that you never thought you can do. So I try to make you know artists feel utmost comfortable so they can sing something even if they crack a note. No, crack a note until you eventually hit the note. Keep going. You know what I'm saying? When they get timid and they be like, oh, I want to make sure everybody know that I could really do this. It's like, no, that's not the place for this. When you get on stage, mm-hmm. you got to be perfect. When you get here, fuck up all day until you get it right. Because once you get it right, I'm only keeping the take that gets it right. right yeah, that's, true. that's what I'm keeping. That's true. You know what I mean? Have you ever worked with somebody and they think they can sing, but you know they can't sing? Yeah. All the time, especially in my early days of of, of producing the engineer. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, that's the fastest way to being a great engineer. But you what, don't want to tell them the truth. Like, the, the, it might not be my job at that point. Oh, it's not my like it's not my job to tell people they can't sing. Who am I to say that? Your job is to make it sound good. There you go. Yeah, you're right. Okay. My job is to make it fire. No matter what you do, I'm going to make it fire. You know what I'm saying? Because the thing about it is, like, okay, there's there's curation of music, and then there's doing your job. You know what I'm saying? For the projects that we work on and we produce and stuff like that, there's a curation standpoint. Okay. But then there's sometimes where I get booked for me to do my job. And my job is to make them sonically sound like they can compete in the industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm with that. Mm-hmm. And, like, to be honest, I'll tell you the story. I'm not going to tell you who the name is, but I'll tell you the story. Yeah. So early in my engineering days when I was doing my thing, I was recording all the artists that I worked with, all the part of my team and whatnot. So then there was this one artist who was a songwriter. He was a phenomenal songwriter. Okay. Dope. But he couldn't sing for shit. Sing for shit, okay. and this is my man. This okay. is my god. Okay, this is my god. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get but you. he's like, he came to me, honestly, humble, sincere, and was like, "Yo, I want to learn how to record, be a better artist, and just you know, practice singing and getting better." He's like, "I know I'm not the greatest singer, mm-hmm. but I just want to really get better and do my thing." Mm-hmm. So, you know, any any other person that that thinks that a quality and talent equates to uh, their own status would be like, "No, nah, I'm not doing that because you're not good enough." But for me, I'm like, nah, let's record, let's go. So we would, he would book private sessions with me uh-huh. with no other rappers, no other artists. Of course, he's shy. And he would just and... sing yeah. and record and go in. And he would practice and practice and practice. 
Long story short, I ended up uh, going back to New York, you know, for college and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, we kind of lost touch. And, you know, he, he was doing his thing and making shit happen. And I ended up seeing him at a club in Hollywood. And he sent me his music. The nigga sound like an angel. Oh, okay. I'm like, dude, who? I'm like, who is this, bro? The man is phenomenal. Is it the engineer phenomenal or the no, man phenomenal? He really can sit. I'm talking about he's on stage. Currently, he's touring the world. Oh, good. The yeah, man good. Grammy nominated like twice. The man is phenomenal. He's, he is a star. He already had the look and the whole thing, yeah. but he's a star. Had I want to tell him he can't sing, yeah, would I have stopped his growth? That's true. That's would I have true. stopped his career? Would he be a truck driver now? That's would true. he be doing work at Target? That's true. So who am I to say if you can sing or not? If you're paying me to curate the sound, mm-hmm. then that's one thing. I have to get you uh, development-wise up to par. Okay. But if you're booking me to do my job as an engineer, then I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I believe that once I make you dope, and also at the same time, you might be able to hear things because I've made you sound this good. You're more open to trying new things. You're more open to uh, learn new things because of what I did. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, it happens like that. I'm telling you, I've become, a, a, I consider myself a, a great engineer. And I think I've done that because of those artists who are who wasn't as polished. Do you feel like you get the credit you deserve as uh, an engineer and a producer? I do from the people that I work with. Okay. But, you know, the... the you know, the media and all that stuff, that, all that stuff is to come. Yeah. All that stuff, I'm not worried about none of that. I'm worried about putting out dope, fire product and mm-hmm. having a good time doing it. Well, after this interview, I'm going to jump in the booth and I'm going to try to sing. Hey! I'm going to sauce you up. Okay. I'm going to sauce you up. I'm going to see what you can do. Let's go. Hey, listen. Valentine's Day coming up. You need a song for your girl? All right, I'm going to sauce you up. I'm going to put your Just engineer. Just whatever, I'm going to go up. I'm going to put your engineer to the test. Let's go. I'm trying to be the next Ruben Stutter. Listen, when you Exactly. There you go. I'm sorry for 2004. Hey, he was really crying on that record. He was. Bro. He was really crying on that record. You know what I'm saying? So you were part of uh, LA Astronauts. Uh, local Astronauts. Local Astronauts. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is a part of Local Astronauts? Uh, we got a squad. So uh, it's me and uh, my business partner, Badru. We run the entire company. And uh, we're kind of like the two-headed monster when it comes to the production side. Like, we're almost like the Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, so I'm more so on the uh, on the aspect of the mechanics of mm-hmm. actually producing the beats and you know doing the engineering and, and curating the songs from that end. Okay. He's the brainchild. This like Badru is just worldly renowned. Like he done curated music for some of the best. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like you know Project Blow, Freestyle Fellowship. You know what I'm saying? Guapale, like so many oh. different people. So. Um, he's the brainchild. He would come in and be like, okay, that's pretty cool. You can change this, change that, change this, change that. I got an idea for how to change the course to flip it into that. So we work together. We like this whole Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And then the, the rest of the team, you know, Legree Shine, um, 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 Washe Choir, uh, Daryl Bell, um, uh, uh, even like day one, he's he's a part of us in, oh, in, in, a, in a in a brand affiliate you know way. Mm-hmm. You know Tony Ozier. Uh, uh, I hope I'm not missing. Oh, Cellini, mm-hmm. uh, A1 Crashing. Um, these are just all like local astronauts mm-hmm. that 
you know, that work with us on, you know, songwriting, singing, laying down hooks, mm -hmm. things like that. So when you hear these projects that we put out, you will hear a sprinkle of all of them collectively together. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You started off rapping. What made you jump into engineering Ooh, producing? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Um, you know what? Like, rapping was fun because I used to rap with my uh, my good friend, uh, Donnie Springs. That's mm -hmm. my guy. Um, and, you know, we was doing our thing. Our, our group was called Polydoni. And we used to rap and do our shit. And then mm -hmm. we end up, uh, you know, gathering a group of MCs and artists that work with us collectively. It was almost like a, a Wu-Tang type of thing. Mm -hmm. And... So my jobs enhanced in terms of like recording people because I had the studio at the house. Mm -hmm. I was recording people. Then you know we was making beats because we wanted to make sure that everybody had. That's when I started learning how to make beats, and then Don started learning how to make beats at the same time as me. So we gradually mm -hmm. learning. He know how to record. I know how to record. Mm -hmm. So we would pick up the load of recording and putting everybody together. And when we did that, you know, uh, I fell in love with the production side and curating the music and putting everything together you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so that was the part that meant a lot to me you know what i mean it's like actually putting together projects it's, it's cool to put out a song or one too mm -hmm. like that but when you could craft somebody's whole project that sonically sounds like them mm -hmm. that's the part that i love you okay. know what i'm saying you still write bars I got lines. Why well, stay with lines? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> now, now, I probably can't perform them the way yeah. I would want to, but I got lines. You know what I'm saying? And, and I still songwrite. I still songwrite. I still write songs for artists. I still curate different things, lay down the hook and stuff like that. So that's going to always be a part of me. And every now and then, I'll just be like, all right, cypher time. Because <laughs> to be honest, people think that because I produce an engineer and even my business partner, they think we don't have... We rhyme. We, mm -hmm. we come from that. Yeah. So, we come from that. So you said you, you're you like a songwriter. So do you write R&B as well? R&B is R&B, pop, alternative, country. Like we do a little bit of everything. Oh, Reggae, sure. we do a little bit of everything. Mm. Our, our job is to get the artists what they need. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Challenge them, but at the same time, you know, do something that's in their pocket, but can advance them and get them where they need to go. You know? What's easier for you to write? Um, R&B, um, like rap, country, because all the things you um, name, what's the easiest one for you? The um, easiest thing that I write is R&B. Yeah, it's definitely R&B. I mean, I'm emotional. I'm a Capricorn, man. <laughs> I'm emotional, yo. Like, you guys I'm, are, man. Yeah, hey, listen, man, I'm crying off everything, B. I'm crying off Bambi. You know what I'm saying? I'm crying off uh, uh, Biggie and, and the Notorious movie. You know what I'm saying? I'm even crying when certain things in anime happen. I, I can't help it. But, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I cry for power reasons, for yeah. to be able to, to get it out and just be able to channel that into music, into records. Like, you know, I really feel like people who are the most emotional, and not not saying emotional like weak, I'm saying emotional like they use their emotions to fuel their life. Yeah. People who do that write incredible records. Mm -hmm. They write incredible records because they're not afraid to be vulnerable, which is the point. Yeah, That's the point of doing this shit. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not afraid to be vulnerable because there's somebody that listens to our music yes. that is. Okay. You know what I mean? So, R&B definitely like if I write if I pin some R&B shit and I, I really love writing for women mm. like I be pinning mm. for women because for real <laughs> listen, listen man like, 
they don't call me the counselor for nothing. Like, I'll be hearing <laughs> stories. I'll be hearing stories. I'll be like, yo, I feel you. <laughs> I, I can't possibly feel them as much as, you know, as much as I want to yeah. in terms of what they go through. But I feel you. Uh, and it, it just helped me write better for them. And, and I feel like, especially with R&B, like, now, nowadays, mm-hmm. I feel like there's not enough, like, in-depth conceptual records with R&B. It's we not, need that. It's not you know what I'm saying? All. We need to talk about... Yes. Listen, oh, we man. always talk about the old school stuff mm-hmm. where it's like, yo, they was saying some shit. Yeah. They was pinning some shit. So it's like, I want to do... I want to be able to bring that as well. You know what I'm saying? In all forms of R&B, and including alternative in pop, because, you know, as much as people... Uh, uh, believe that it's popular music and it might sound cliche. Mm-hmm. There's some real pop records that really touch on elements that people really need. A lot of inspirational records mm-hmm. end up being pop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And we need that. Yeah. We need that type of stuff. So I, I, I love, love I country. Love, yeah, I, man, I love listen, country. Listen, they say the realest shit in country. You slipping. Yeah, that's they say the realest shit. Yo, they got stories. They got records. Yo, yo, they got records about. I just caught this girl cheating. Do I want to go to the bar and drink, or do I want to blow this bitch head off? <laughs> it's real. Yeah, I love country. It's like, real. They they channel their emotions. They channel their emotions, uh, and they do it in such mm-hmm. a, uh, a a lyrical form. Like it's very like country is very lyrical, and it's very like that they're right, yeah. and their approach is just articulate. Mm-hmm. So you know, I like that type of stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like the type, of, and I listen to country. I listen to jazz. I listen to literally. Everything I listen to everything because I, you know, I, I like to feed my soul and my emotions with different levels. You know what I'm saying? Like even even my kids, like my kids, they're into music and when they do homework, they listen to John Mayer, John Coltrane, you know, yeah. uh, Isley Brothers. Like it does something to them. Like literally, if I go in the house right now and I turn on John Mayer, their their energy is equivalent to what I would need them to do. I need them to bring it down. I need them to relax and reflect. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's the type of stuff that's that's important to me. How important energy is to you? Uh, very important, very important, and not just. First off, let's just let's get the cliche shit of saying vibes out the way. Yeah, let's get uh, that out the way first, uh, right? Yeah. Because everybody can say that. Oh, I like your vibe. No, I want you to connect with this specific energy that I'm on. Mm. That's the key. It's not just about having vibes. You yeah. got the wrong vibe. Yeah. Never thought about that. You got a wrong yeah, vibe. It, they walk up to you and say, I like your vibe within five minutes of meeting you. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I, right. I want to connect with your energy to make whatever new magic we can make. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's really important in the studio. Like, you know, some people come in with, the, with their own energy and they don't, they don't want to touch by nobody mm-hmm. that they don't know. Some people come in with energy that is a little bit more social, a little bit more mm-hmm. open for people to come in. So it's all about matching the right energies. You don't have to have the same one, but it's almost like a it's like uh, you know puzzle pieces. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. You got this one piece that's open like this and yeah. shaped like that, and then you got to connect the right energy that completes that puzzle piece. So that's what I that, that's I think I think out of all the things that I do, that's what I'm a master at. Okay. I'm a master at combining energies. You know what I'm saying, and and creating the music from that. Okay. If you can only do one thing for the rest of your life, produce, engineer, or songwrite, which one would you? Cook. Oh wow. Whoa, Polly Rob not a cook? What? Wow. I go man, in. I'm going to eat. Well, I'm going to eat. Like, 
cook. Yeah, if, if it's one thing I'm gonna do for the rest of my life, and I know you had selections that that dabbed in music, but if it's one thing I'm doing my for the rest of my life, it's it's no music. It's cooking. Oh, oh. I just want to cook curve dishes. How, how um who who inspired you to cook? My mom's. Oh wow. My mom's yo. My mom's she did uh uh Sunday dinner every Sunday, mm. every Sunday, no matter what, and it was always the same thing. Of course, you know my family's Belizean. I'm Belizean, so. You know, it's stewed chicken, rice on beans, potato salad, plantain. You know what I mean? It's the same thing every week. We loved it. Mm -hmm. And my family used to come over after church and, you know, we bless the food. We eat. Everybody chill and relax. And I used to always see everybody full and happy and everything. And I wanted that feeling. Mm -hmm. I wanted that feeling of people enjoying Mm -hmm. something that I did and just being happy about it so cooking you know she would first have me you know peel the potatoes grate the cheese slice the onions and then it'd start getting seasoned the chicken and you know beat the plantain and then it start turning into other stuff and then, and then after a while i was like yo this is what i want to do yo this is what i want to do so i started you know making eggs and you know burning chicken and <laughs> i remember one time yo i, I fried some chicken this is one of my first times frying chicken right uh, uh, and I'm like, yo, I'm doing this. And my brother like, all right, you know what you're doing? Do your thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yo, I fried that chicken on the outside. It looked beautiful, son. Oh, yo, it looked man. beautiful. My brother took a bite of that shit. Oh. Blood dripped out of the side. He was smoking. He was smoking. He probably got a good-ass bite, too, into it. Oh, my God. Yo, for the whole, for the next year, oh, he man. never ate nothing I could. He wasn't playing no games. Like, nope, I'm not doing it. And I had I had to work, I had to get that back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I, I I and I vowed I'm like, yo, I gotta do everything right, I gotta make everything right. And it just spiraled into me just cooking and just doing my thing and you know, it got to a point where it's like my mom is gone constantly, you know, I live with my I live with both parents, mm-hmm. then I live with my mom, then I live with my dad. Mm-hmm. So it was those times where they couldn't be there and we had to cook shit. So I was cooking and, you know, it just turned into something else, you know what I'm saying? So, um, I love it, man. I love cooking, man. And now my sons, like my my oldest son, um, uh, Fats, he he just cooked me spaghetti just before I came here. Oh wow! That's why I was kind of late because yeah. it's traffic. But then he, he got this whole plate of this bomb spaghetti, <laughs> and he he making Starbucks in my Starbucks cup. I'm like, yo, he wilding like, and they yeah. both cook. You know what I'm saying? Oh, but, that's what's up. You know, I got boys ten yeah. and twelve, man, and they into cooking too. So I, I know it's a it's a thing that's, you know, a part of the family. You so know? your sons are 10 and 12 and they was listening to Ronald Heisen? Yeah, yeah. Man, when it, when they was early, like, like when I, they was four and five and I was driving them to school every day, mm-hmm. and I still drive them to school every day, you know, I would play all types of music. I'll play, I'll play like Mark, uh, Mark Morrison, Return of the Mac, mm-hmm. then I'll play like, uh, 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 the Whispers, the Delphonics, I'm playing everything. Yeah, that's and what I do to my baby. And they just picked up on music, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? That's my, what I do. Like, my oldest, he's a, a semi-professional drummer, and my youngest, you know, he, like, writes stories, and he paint, and he love music. And I'm telling you, if you watch them mm-hmm. do their thing, they'll be in there humming a tune, they'll be in there remixing a song. That, that's what they do, you know what I'm saying? And that's when I knew I had to go harder on music. I had to go harder, as hard as I can, because I can't let that energy. It's not just me. Yeah. It's them too. Mm-hmm. They they embedded in this shit. Yeah. Even if they never decide to do it as a career, they have to know that they dad 
chose a career when he was six years old and he never stopped. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's so many stories that come along with that. It's crazy. So six years old. Mm -hmm. Wow. So why you never pursue cooking? It's still going. Oh, it's I mean, cooking. I mean, it's it's too. Well, I have a I have a, a catering company, Chef Boy R Rob. Y'all go oh. y'all go to y'all page. Just type in Chef Boy R Rob. Y'all see all the dishes. Okay. Y'all see everything. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I'm on a plate for yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. Matter matter of fact, put a picture of one of the plates in the video when y'all do the edits. You know okay. what I'm saying? So they can, they can see who we really are. You know I what I mean? But but I do I do Sunday dinner every Sunday. I, you know, I'm actually getting back to it. I took a couple weeks off for holiday season, but I do Sunday dinner every Sunday. Um and I always cook something different. That's good. You kept that going with yeah, you. Gotta keep it going. And gotta then his kids gonna keep it going. Exactly, that's beautiful. Exactly. I love it's, it. It's essential because you know, we've lost since, you know, in our past years, we've lost the sense of really communicating with people and showing love and gratitude yeah. without them actually having to do something in the moment. It's like, no, come by, have a meal. You ain't got to worry about paying. There is no, there's no, sorry about that. I have a catering company and, you know, I do Sunday dinner every Sunday just to show my appreciation to my friends and family that I care about that I, that I love, you know what I'm saying? And you know, uh, I do it. I man, I hold it down. I cook a. No, no, the only thing different is I cook a different meal every week. I cook something different every week. So oh, wow. one week it'll be like, uh, it'll be like uh, uh, oxtail, uh, beans and rice oh, with man, white rice. Because really they believe yeah, in that's, yeah. that's that's the yeah. belief. Oh, you know, but tacos, but no, but I cook all different <laughs> levels because I turn into. I do like a whole a pasta experience, which mm -hmm. is like, it's like a um, three types of pasta, uh, uh, three types of sauces, mm -hmm. and then three types of meats. So you can just mix it however you oh, want. Oh yeah, invite so me to have, the next joint. Yeah, so I have like a penne, spaghetti, and uh, like a like like a uh, uh, angel hair, mm -hmm. and then I have like a, a lemon butter garlic sauce, uh, like a pesto alfredo, then like a marinara sauce, then I have like shrimp. Uh, turkey meatballs, uh, uh, just all type of shit. Just mix it. And I have sauteed garlic cloves, uh, fresh garlic bread, uh, 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 um, some uh, some some salad, fresh salad, just all type yeah. of shit. Just top it off with wine. And, oh, you know, okay. then I turn around and do tur a turkey jerk meatloaf. It's everything different. Everything different. Oh, so yeah. anybody know that comes to Sunday you. dinner? Yeah. Anybody know that comes to Sunday dinner, man? Y'all, they they have a good time. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, 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 welcome. Y'all invited, man. Yes. Pull up. Pull okay. up. Yeah, you guys hear that, right? Yeah. Boom. Listen, <laughs> Born Leaders Podcast is invited to Sunday dinner. You know what I'm saying? Let's, get it. Let, let's play a game. Mm -hmm. Fuck Mary Kill. Ooh, okay. Podcast edition. Let's get it. Polly Rob podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is a podcast you tell me. Mm -hmm. Phone debates. Uh huh. Pure ignorance. Uh huh. Fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> that's a good one. That's that's a bomb one. Um. Mary uh, Polly Rob podcast. Okay. Uh. Fuck phone debates and kill. Uh, uh, pure ignorance. <laughs> only, because, only because with pure ignorance, we would say, kill us. Yeah. Cancel us. Get rid of us. Yeah. That's what we would do. That's what we would do. That, that would be the language for pure ignorance. Shout out to Damo. How did Shout you link, to Damo. How you link with Damo on pure ignorance? Um, well, actually, I linked with Damo before when he, when he started his career in rapping. I okay. actually helped him with a lot of the marketing and curation of the songs along with Big Y. 
Um, so that started our whole relationship. And we just really got close because, you know, like, we both believe, like, we human beings yeah. before we do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, he's a rapper doing his thing. I'm a producer. We having a good time. We doing what we doing. But at the end of the night, like, even at, after the club, we talking about real shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So over the course of our friendship, even when he, he, he paused on doing his music for a minute, like, we still kept in touch just so some normal shit. And then one day, you know, he was just like, yo, we just need to do, like, just like a podcast or just something crazy or whatnot. Yeah. So I'll, you know, so I was like, yeah, definitely. So he came to the studio one day, just saw some random shit, mm -hmm. and we literally on the porch, like, we on the, on, on the side on the porch by the stairs, and we got a couple girls around, and we just talking shit. Yeah. We just talking <laughs> shit, and we just being the utmost raunchy and crazy and saying the <laughs> wildest shit ever. And then, that, you know, everybody was like, man, y'all should just do this shit for the camera. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we like, yeah, for sure. So we thought about it for a minute. We came up with the concept of doing pure ignorance of like, and it's really based on, we're making a mockery of social media. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how people mm -hmm. wake up, first thing they do before they brush their teeth is check their phone, yeah. check social media. Uh -huh. So we like, okay, so let's say somebody did that same thing every morning. Like, we want to give you something that's so obnoxious. It's like, nigga, why did I check my phone? Why did I do this? You know what I'm saying? Because social media has gotten to a point where it's like everything's true mm -hmm. and it's law. Mm -hmm. So we like, we finna say the most outlandish shit we could possibly say about everything. You know, so we will, we will write questions or we will have fans send in questions mm -hmm. of what to ask us and just the first thing that comes to our mind we just say it. I feel like that, that shit was just like uncensored. Just uh -huh. Uncensored. Yo, the shit that we <laughs> say on there Yeah, you guys are crazy. wild. <laughs> but the undertone of it is it's a lot of truth to a lot of the things that we say. Not may, not maybe what we say, but the actual topic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because we, like, we really, like, we, be at, we ask different shit. We ask so much shit. Like, like why, uh, uh, I remember this one, <laughs> one question we asked, like, uh, uh, we asked uh, this this one guest. We was like, "Do you have a price mm -hmm. like on your vagina? <laughs> like, if is there a price? Is there a price somebody can every, say? Every, and you like, yeah. okay, is there a price on head? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, if you if there if there was a price that somebody said, yo, I got twenty bands or thirty, mm -hmm. you know." For the head, yeah. what we doing? <laughs> what we doing? If it's a female, I'm for, I'm for show. Ten bands, I'm doing. Ten bands, what we doing? Uh, ten bands, a thousand, I'm doing. That's what I'm saying. For, <laughs> damn, thirsty. Hey, hey, I love, I love with it. <laughs> and niggas got that. Yeah. Niggas, he hit you with the cash app real quick. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we even asked another question, which is we're gonna revisit this in a in a, in a later podcast. We asked this question. Who was like, uh, uh. You know, everybody believes that they either find a find their soulmate or mm. they came across their soulmate or whatever, right? So they're like, what if your soulmate was your best friend? Like, you knocking it down or what? What you doing? I'm not. <laughs> what we doing? I what like women. Mine's a guy. So no, 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 no. I get, I get it. <laughs> but, but let's say if your best friend was a woman. Oh, what yeah. You, what, what you doing? I'm knocking it down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hell yeah. Or even to extend it further, like... If they was if they was in a financial jail, uh, like like oh I give you the bread, you put me in my What are we doing? What are we doing? I remember I two days. And vice versa. I tuned in on one of y'all lives, and this is the funniest shit. I was dying laughing. Y'all was saying like, 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 
uh, if you a janitor or if you a, a work at the post office, uh-huh. how many bodies you got? <laughs> so right? saying, like if you work that's at the post office, you got a gang of bodies. Shit, right, you know that's true. Like, dude, if you work at the post office, you got a certain amount of bodies. Oh my God. If you, yo, yo, if you work at Chili's, you got bodies. Oh, you for sure got bodies. <laughs> body. yeah, yeah, and they still working with you yeah. right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, you know that. Y'all said the nurse had the most bodies. Fast. I agree. Nurse got all the bodies. RNs or CNAs. Uh, the RNs, okay. the RNs, because because look, the CNAs can't necessarily like when it's time for like the uh, you know every now and then the doctors or the medical people have parties. Uh, the the uh, the CNAs don't really get to go to them parties like that. The oh, RNs yeah. do. Yeah. Oh shit, okay. RNs do. Yeah. So when the RNs go, they get knocked out. <laughs> hey, I'm just giving it a buck. You know? But but no matter how outlandish that conversation is. Uh, there's some truth to it, and there, and there's other things that we need to revisit. We need to really talk about, mm-hmm. like even if we talk about racism, mm-hmm. or we talk about sexism, or we talk about any level of that. Like we say that because there's a real conversation deep down that we need to really have. Mm-hmm. We need to really talk about it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's why we do it, man. And I think we, I think we do for a comeback. Yeah, I think we do for a comeback. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yes. we working really? on it. We working on it. Well, well, why did y'all stop? Well, just, just, you know, COVID um, mm-hmm. and uh, just timing and everything. Like, we did our season. We did two seasons, and then we told ourselves, okay, so we're going to we're gonna probably uh, uh, get it on a network or something like that, okay. a, a certain network. Oh, that's dope. You know what I mean? And just figure that out. So, you know, but I think it's time, you know, even if we got to give it to the people, like how we've been giving it to yeah. them, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? And we, we cut it down. We cut all of those questions down to like a minute. So we got footage. Listen, it's some shit that... That's in the tapes oh, so that we didn't put that. up. Drop oh, it, man. Oh, drop oh, it. My, we can't it. drop it. We'll be assassinated. <laughs> we can't do it. We can't do it. All right, let me give you your flowers, Polly Rob. Revolt dropped top 10 rap albums of 2021. Mm-hmm. And TF, Scandalous Summer, mm-hmm. which you was a part of, made the list. Yeah. How did you feel about that? That's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm, that's just, I mean, I'm still kind of like... Tell That's the story. Crazy. Tell the story of how how, well, how did you find out? So so what happened was one of my colleagues uh, actually sent me a link and was like, "Yo!" and sent me the link and I'm looking and I'm like, "Okay." I'm thinking that you know, top eleven rap albums that revoke. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking they want me to give my opinion on whether the list is accurate or not. Okay. Like, okay. So you know, I'm scrolling. You know, Donda, of course, number one should be. You know, I'm scrolling. I see Nas. I see you know J Cole, and then I look. I'm like. Yo! <laughs> Give me your this flowers, is crazy. man. Crazy. <laughs> and I'm I'm wild. And so you know, I send it to my business mm-hmm. partner and then I send it to uh Doughboy. Shout out to Doughboy, you know okay. what I'm saying? He was a very big part of the project. And send it to TF and I'm like, this is crazy. Damn. You know, and it, and it's crazy to be to be mentioned with those other artists mm-hmm. in any capacity. Okay. You know what I mean? And it just lets us know that the work that we put in on the project we really, really went in and we crafted something that was pleasurable for a lot of people. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And I, man, I'm I'm thrilled about it, and I, I'm glad that you know TF is happy that we got a body of work done. Because that was our first project together. We did a couple okay. records before, but okay. that was our first project together. And I, I was glad that you know me and my team at Local Astronauts was able to craft something that was in his pocket mm-hmm. that he could really like be himself you know okay. what I'm saying which we talked about that earlier you know what I mean how did you link with Tia uh 
I actually I heard about him through my boy Doughboy. Okay. Uh, when Doughboy was in the pen, he was still doing his time, and he, you know I listened to his music and I I, came, I became a fan. Like his flow, his delivery, his piercing voice, like those elements are are, are dope. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, um, you know, I end up linking up with him just through sessions and people. Okay. You know, being around, I end up running into him. I'm like, oh, you TF. I'm like, you, you, you nice. And then, you know, uh, I, I told him that dope, you know, uh, re- reference uh, your music to me. And then he was like, yeah, you know, dope. We was in a pen together, boom, boom. And set the whole thing up. And we just start working on shit. Then when dope got out, dope pulled up. TF was like, what you doing here? He like, nigga, this is where I, I was coming first. Like, this is my home. Like, you know, me and Doe, we best friends. So oh, okay. it just opened up into a whole world of things. And we just start working on records and working on Scan the Summer. It just kind of just came all the way together. And, oh, you know, okay. It's crazy, man. Have you ever said, man, fuck being an engineer and a producer. Fuck this. I'm over it. I'm tired <laughs> of it. Fuck it. Um, you know, you get tired sometimes. But at the same time, it's like when there's voids to fill and there's things to do, you mm-hmm. just you got to do it. One thing I will say is sometimes, you know, I used to get tired of engineering um, only because uh, at that time it was just like I'm engineering, you know, to pay the bills mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I'm listening to stuff that's not pleasurable and or I'm listening to artists that don't want any type of uh, help to kind of curate and perfect their craft. So I'm just listening to shit with just things just doing whatever. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So you get tired of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But then after a while, I was like, you know, after a while, you get more experience, and then you have other engineers that want to get their feet wet. They come in under you, and, you know, now it's like they, you know, they come in, they work with me. They can record the record. I could come in and do my sauce thing, you know, what I do. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit easier now, you know what I mean? Okay, that makes a lot. As, as you as a producer and an engineer, how do you feel about the album, Donda? Like, sonically? Yo, not yeah, for real. Listen, you said should be. Listen, okay, listen. Let me tell you something. Donda is incredible mm-hmm. and let me explain why okay in my in my eyes first off like we all know what kanye west has been through, yeah right? and we also know what kanye west has done mm-hmm. but take this into perspective like donda is a project that's about his mom of right mm-hmm. it's about it, it's, it's really about the essence of music surrounding his mom and how she approached life then there's some records that are dope but they're incomplete yeah. right Agree. Right. So not so I'm alive. Yeah. So if you if you if you look at it into a human being's perspective, there are elements in our life where we're incomplete. So you're hearing a song incomplete because that's how it feels to him right now. We're actually tapped into his soul. Mm-hmm. The, I don't even look at it. The artistry mm-hmm. right. You know, yeah. the artistry of you would want to complete a song for the pleasurable ear. Yeah. But your soul is telling you like, yo, I'm not putting drums in there because all I feel is the piano and the guitar. The 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 lyrics, he goes in on the lyrics. All the lyrics, he is fire. I but agree on that. Then certain places is like it's redundancy. It's redundancy. Because when you're going through things, you hear certain things in your head. Like one of the one of the dopest joints was uh uh No Child Left Behind. The song is by probably like one minute and forty seconds. Mm-hmm. But the man said He's done miracles on me. When I heard that, I burst out crying. Because it's like, nigga, it's just... And it's just the organ. That's it. And him saying that, like, no child left behind. It's like, that's God telling you, like, no matter how bad or how much shit you went through, I will not leave you. 
That's more than gospel. That's life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if and the last thing I would say, reason why it's incredible is because, and I don't know how religious you guys are. I am religious in the sense that I believe in the most high. I do too. You know, I've been to church, but I have a personal spirituality with me that holds. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I've been in those times where you don't know how this church is resonating. You don't know how to praise God. You don't know how to do certain things. So when I listen to the when I listen to the project, it sounds like he's finding his way of how to praise God and how to be himself. Yeah. That's our life. That's us. That's true. A, a lot yeah. of the households that are in church, they got their way. But th the people like us that's trying to find our way, how do you speak to God after you just blew a nigga brains out? How do you speak to God after you just did all these lustful things at the club, but you still have a pure heart, mm -hmm. and you're trying to translate that to people, but they don't hear you? How do you f find God and be right with him when you just got divorced from your wife? Mm -hmm. So those elements right there, it's like, dude, he's given us our soul, and we got to appreciate that for what it is. That's why he. That's why his, his concert was a stadium with nothing but him, because that's how you feel when you're alone mentally and spiritually. You feel yeah, alone you, in the I stadium. I think about it like and, that. You, you know what <laughs> You feel alone in the stadium and everybody's watching. That's why I think it's stadium music. Like, that's, it's, thank you. Like me, per, like I like the I like the sound of it. Right. Like the lyrics is cool, but the actual sound, like, I'm the opposite. I like the sound. It's like, the energy of Like, 24 is my shit. That's like, a fire. That's the hardest <laughs> song on there. Like, just the sound in 24. I would love to hear that in, like, yeah. in the arena. My, like, my favorite record is actually, uh, uh, Please Don't Ask Again. Oh, yeah. Uh, the yeah, remote control. Yeah. The remote control. Yeah. That's my favorite record, but uh -huh. I jam. But, but, but the, the jail one... Um, 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 what's the shit with, uh, uh, I forgot, it's like number four, I forgot what it's called, uh, I forgot, but it's a couple of records that really stick to me, okay. you know what I'm saying, really stick to me. I hate when they were trying to put, like, Donda against, um, Drake album, like, it's nah, two you can't separate, do that. it's separate, it's two it's separate, separate joints, yeah. and then, Drake, I mean, to, I mean, to be honest, I mean, you know, Drake do his thing, he gonna always be dope, but, when you heard the album, you felt like you heard it before. Donda, you've never heard that before. Yeah, it's totally different. And it's going to stand the test of time. So if you was to produce, you only could pick one, Drake or Kanye? Yay. I'm doing yay for sure. I would too. Listen. I'm not even going to lie. The roller coaster we finna go through. It'll be a massive. I just want to be in a room. It'll be a lot of trauma debate, but it'll be a masterpiece at the end. Yo, we finna go through all emotions. Let's go through all all your locks out. Yeah, let's go through all of it. Let's go through all of it. Let's go. Let's go through all of it. I'm built for that. You know what I'm saying? Where do you see local astronauts in five years? Uh, it's gonna be a lot of shit going on. I mean, you know, for us, it's like we we're the company that people call when they want to make the sky blue, mm -hmm. or they want to make it purple, mm -hmm. or they want to make it green. They call us because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. We do shit that you know, if you if you got the craziest mind, we want to work with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, I think I feel that's important to to bring new narrative to different things. Like the artists that I work with, you know, from the TFs to the 
uh, Noah James to Jay Worthy to they're doing things that that I believe will transcend what music really is. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's what we into. We into doing some wild shit. You know what I'm saying? Who's your top five producer? Ooh, that's a good question. It 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 it, it, it varies all the time, but uh, definitely RZA is number one. Okay. Um, RZA, uh, Easy Mo B, Havoc. Havoc, I like Havoc. Um, uh, Pharrell and No ID. Mm, that's yeah. a nice one. That's yeah. one. I, like I wouldn't have put Pharrell, but everybody else. Oh, Pharrell got to <laughs> go in there, bro. <laughs> everybody everybody got to go in there. Everybody say I'm crazy. He's a good producer. I wouldn't put him in top five, though. Yes. Right. No, no. Well, well, see, this is my top five. This is not the top five of all time. This is my top five because I feel like those are the those in 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 hip hop music period. Those are the guys you go to when you want the unique sound. Okay, I give you that thing. I give you that. And, and that, that's he how. A, yeah, that, he has a totally unique right. sound. Right, and yeah. and that's how I would approach. Well, that's how we approach music. Okay. With with giving somebody a unique sound. Mm-hmm. Have you have you used your son um, beats on it on a well drum drum sound on a on an instrumental? Yeah, really. Yeah, I, I actually actually uh, to be honest, um, on Scandal Summer, if you listen to the last song Scandal Summer, okay, that's his drums. Wow, what was that's his, his reaction when he heard it? Oh, he was he was ecstatic, and <laughs> and, and I was like, you no. Know, you got your ass cap. You got you got your points and everything. You in there? Check the credits. It's he in there? Oh wow, that's, that's dope. Huh. You gotta get the kids ready, B. Yes. You gotta get the kids ready. Yes. You gotta get the kids ready. Well, thank you, Polly Rob, for allowing us to interview you, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Long time thank coming. You. Long time. Yeah. Yes, right. yes, it was most definitely. Thank you. Man, let's get to it. You know, I appreciate I appreciate y'all asking great questions. Thank you. It was a great interview. I appreciate. Man, it. Man, I like thank it. You.